Simple incidences lead to heroic and gigantic accomplishments. Sheets on a line plus wind and has revolutionized the world of transportation, making the world much smaller. <clears throat> Skipping a bit. You have this opportunity. You have it now. You who now listen to our voice have such an opportunity pregnant with even greater potentials than what Newton, Franklin, Darwin, Morse, Bell, Einstein, Edison, or Wright brothers produced because you are tapping the source of everything every man has ever produced, therefore are producing a better, healthier, more normal and natural and mental and physical man who can then produce better things than those men produced. <clears throat> Skipping a little bit more. The dropping of an apple hitting Newton's head was a simple incident. Undoubtedly similar incidents happened to other people many times. As simple as this incident, Newton asked, why did this apple fall? Why didn't it go up instead? This started a series of new and original thinking which developed into Newton's law of gravitation, which was the explanation for the law of physics, which has had been not seen or previously known. We can imagine Einstein sitting at a seashore, looking in space, meditating movements of matter, space, time, and wondering the why of any or all of it. He took Newton's law, elaborated and developed it in a larger, broader sense into the law of relativity. So what BJ is talking about in Palmer's Law of Life is he's talking about what he says, this simple single act, right? One simple single act, and in several pages from this, he talks about D.D. Palmer, and D.D. Palmer's one simple single act of when Harvey Lillard, you know, he was talking to Harvey Lillard, and Harvey said, and he said to Harvey, how long have you been deaf? He said, I've been deaf for 15 years. Well, how'd that happen? Well, I bumped my head and I heard a crack in my neck. And D.D. Palmer said, one simple and single thing. Well, let's see if I, if I can check this bump on your neck and if this bump made something move in a way that it shouldn't have and we could put it back in, maybe things can change. That, and that's all it takes is one simple single idea. And why is that so important? Because as an example, and this, I'm going to tell you three things that happened yesterday in my office. And this is the, the greatest thing, I, I, the greatest opportunity I have for teaching here at Life is because not only do I teach you the stuff that you need to know, but I teach you the stuff that's really happening. Right? So I'm going to tell you stuff that happened yesterday, not like 20 years ago in my practice, 20 years, like what happened yesterday. So yesterday, <clears throat> this mom comes in uh, with her kid, and uh, her kid is uh, undiagnosed, but looks like it could be a child who might be headed towards either a spectrum diagnosis or ADHD or learning disorder or some sort of neurodevelopmental sort of issue. She's been to a number of chiropractors. She's like, she said to me, I am looking for a different way of taking care of my kid. And the last chiropractor I went to, I'm telling this chiropractor, I have, my son has all these neurological problems. So he's got this neurological thing and that neurological thing and this neurological thing and that neurological thing. And this other chiropractor, who was a very nice chiropractor, took x-rays and looked at his posture. And what I heard her say was, I went in asking about neurology and you guys looked at bones. And I said, well, today what we're gonna focus on is we're gonna focus on neurology. I'm gonna check his primitive reflexes. I'm gonna check his eyes. I'm gonna check his ears. I'm gonna check his balance. I'm gonna check if he's able to clap his hands on interactive metronome. I'm gonna check him on a balance plate. I'm gonna check him on all these things. I'm gonna check his neurology. I said, now obviously structure is important, 
right? Because structure and function relate to each other. But to me, I want to look at how the brain and the nerve system are functioning first, because that tells me more about what's happening to his structure. So I went through the whole exam, and at the end, the mom's got tears pouring out of her eyes saying, this is what I've been looking for. It's a simple and single truth, right? That not that this other character was wrong, but this other character was not talking the talk that she wanted to talk, right? If, if you guys are so stuck on bones, I'm telling you, bones are not important. Bones are just positions in space, temporary positions in space. The big thing is what's happening to the neurology because of the bones. That's the big thing. And that's what people want. And this mama proved it to me yesterday that the way I think about it is what these kids with neurodevelopment issues and what their parents are looking for. And you can talk about bones all you want, but bones is only to get you so far into getting people to understand, especially if someone's communicating with you saying, I have a kid with this neurological problem. You're going, the mom's going, neurological, 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 and you're going bone, 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 bone. That's a hard sell. It's an easy sell to say, yeah, we can show his brain's disconnected. Watch this primitive reflex and go like this on his face and watch him turn. The kid's four and a half. Should he be turning his head at four and a half? No, right? I said, that's a primitive reflex. His brain's disconnected. Let's do this to his hands. Go like this in his hands. He's going every time, bam, his hands close. Should he be closing his hands every time you touch his hands? No. Should he be doing this every time you touch his foot for Babinski? No. But she can see that, right? She can see that. You say an x-ray, you say, you see the subluxations here? You think that a, a person who's never seen an x-ray before, especially of a kid, would understand what on earth that means and why that's bad? Yeah, he, didn't, he has a reduced cervical curve, absolutely which is unusual for a kid who's four years old, agreed. But that's not what she is looking for, right? This, this is called building rapport, right? What you are, I'm trying to teach you is called building rapport. In other words, if someone comes in asking you about this, you talk about what they're asking you about. You examine what they're, especially like, there are, I know there are some characters say, I will not you know, touch anything but the spine. I'm like, if a person comes in with foot pain, would you just touch their feet? Just touch it, it makes them feel better. Even if you never adjust the foot ever, touch it, and like we use activators, so I use, I adjust feet and knees and elbows all the time. But if you're never going, I don't care if you're upper cervical, just touch the feet. Touch the feet because people want to feel heard. And I've had a lot of patients come to me who said that chiropractor never even touched the thing that's hurting. Because they're so, we're so focused on the bones and the spine, the spine, I have to touch the spine. I'm telling you, the spine is important, but it's not everything. The spine is the connection. The spine is the, is the go-between, right? So that, that, that sensory information comes in, right? So through my eyes, my ears, all my senses, through my touch, right? It comes in and it goes up into, through the spine, through the spine. It's not the stopping point. It goes through the spine to the brain. And then the brain's gonna interpret, right? So this little young person, so if I go like this, and his hand moves, right? If I'm stroking his hand with an instrument and his hand moves, right? What that means is that the, the sensation is going from his hand, it's going up the brachial plexus into his brain, and the brainstem, in the brainstem is where the primal reflexes lie. 
right? That's where they, they live. So it goes up into the brainstem, and the brainstem, instead of being da- dampened by the prefrontal cortex, the way it's supposed to be, is not being dampened. So the prefrontal cortex has, you know, because the way the, the brain grows is from bottom up, right? And then you get top-down regulation, right? But you first grow from bottom up. So what this means is that his brain started growing like this, and then something happened in that brainstem, so that, that there's a disconnection between the brainstem and the top-down regulation. So he's not getting top-down regulation. This is why he's having trouble learning. This is why he's having trouble talking. This is why he didn't walk until he was two years old. So you can talk to someone and say, well, his bones are out of alignment. But where does that relate to the neurology? Right? And that's a hard sell because then you have to start talking, you have to kind of do double talk to make people understand. I'm telling you, it's an easier, much easier to talk to talk about brains and spine and nerve system. I'm, I told her, I'm a brain and spine and nerve system specialist. That's what I do. You're in the right place. She's crying, saying, I found what I have been looking for for years. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that the whole point of what we want? Is, is on the first visit, they say, yes. Yes, this doctor heard me. This doctor heard my concerns. This doctor examined my kid or myself in a way that nobody's ever done before. That's what we want. Anybody can touch a back. A massage therapist can touch a back, right? A PT can touch a back. You know, an orthopedic surgeon can touch a back, but who cares? That's not what people are looking for. They're looking for brain and spine and nerve system, right? And then the, to top it all off, like it, this, is, this, like, this is like one of my favorite exams in recent history, to top it all off, what does this child do at the end of the exam? He comes and hugs me. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I didn't even say goodbye, we were just talking towards the end, mom and I, and mom's all happy, and tears are coming out of her eyes, but tears of joy. And maybe he felt this, maybe he, he got this, he intuited it in his little, his little psyche, and all of a sudden he just comes up to me with his arms up like this, and he just gives me his biggest hug. I'm like, this is a good, and I said to the mom, this is an amazing connection. And she said, yeah, because he doesn't do this to people. He doesn't just hug anybody, right? He hugs people he knows, right? For him to hug you is a big thing, right? And that warms my heart because I'm like, this is what, the whole point is to connect. That's the whole point of that first visit is to connect to, to whatever it is that they're talking about. Whether it's a back pain or it's a foot pain and you touch their feet or it's neurology and you examine their neurology, whatever it is is to connect in a way that they have not experienced before. Because I want, my goal is when a a mom or dad or caregiver walks out of my office, my goal is for them to call their friends, right? Or call their spouse or call their partners or call their coworkers and say, this was amazing. That's what I want. That's how I know I did a good job, is that they walk out and they're calling their friends and their partners and their coworkers and telling everybody about it. Just the same way you tell people about a great movie. We just saw a great movie. Oh my God. You're telling everybody, texting everybody, you got to see this movie. This is the best series. This is the best movie. Right? That's what you want is that instant knee jerk reaction of telling people. And then, total aside, a couple of hours later in the afternoon, uh, we have so many kids come in the office. We had two little kids who, um, they're both maybe like one and a half years old. Two gorgeous little kids. And both of them came in around five o'clock or so, and both were thirsty after a long car ride from wherever they came. 
and both of them uh, went up to, we have like a, a, a water fountain with, uh, with filtered water, and they know that. So both of them went up to the water fountain and went like this to their moms at almost around the same time, and then, and it's just the cutest thing just to watch. I wish I took a picture, I, did, I didn't. I was just watching it materialize without thinking about this. <clears throat> so the mom gives the little boy his water, and then the other mom comes up and gives the little girl his water, but the two little kids are kind of standing there, right? And the two little kids look at each other like this, and both of them, you can imagine both of them are holding cups in their hands like this. One's holding a cup over here, and one's holding a cup over here. And what did the two of them do? The two of them looked at each other like this, held hands, and walked like this with their little water cups. And the two moms are hysterical laughing, and one of the moms saying, Doctor, this is a happy hour at Dr. Rubens, right? So it was the, it's the cutest thing ever. Oh my God, I wish I had a picture. I will never forget this. It's so adorable. But this is, this, is, this is the real world. If you set up an office the way we've set it up, right? <clears throat> if you set up an office where there's a simple and single truth, and that is like, it's all about brain and neurology, and it's all about making the place like a safe place for kids. Right? I want my office to be a safe haven for kids. I want them to feel totally loved. And even though there's two kids who did not know each other, that they felt so okay with each other, instead of looking at each other like this, that they kind of held hands and walked with their little water cups. Right? Right? And to, to make happy hour. And that's happy hour. It's really, we have just happy office. It's not a happy hour. It's like happy all the time. Because like, I'm constantly seeing stuff like this. We're constantly having kids happy and parents happy and stuff. And that's the whole point, is to, is to create this kind of, this kind of thing. 